yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Alright, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast, because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. Alright, so first with us today, I'm excited to have for the first time on the show, uh, one of my longtime friends and listener to the show, Damien. What up, though? And then also with us today, we got Dan. What up? You're excited. Feel these nipples. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's cool. This is our first uh, winner of the fan drawing. Someone who's a fan <laughs> finally gets to pop up on the mic. See? So just keep listening. It pays off. Eventually, you, you find yourself in the studio. <laughs> you, too, could be part of this fucking shit show that we call the podcast. Now, it is really cool to be here, though, because, like I said, I do listen to you guys all the time, you know, uh, it's been a couple nights that, you know, four o'clock in the morning, I'm still rolling and you guys are right there with me, keeping me up, you know, so I do appreciate you guys and I do love the show. We appreciate you listening and truckers keep the fucking world going round. So That's it, we're doing God's work out here. Man. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, quick question. I got to ask all truckers when uh, you're on the road and somebody gives you the old air horn elbow, do you do it or don't you? Oh, I still do it. Um, there is a company policy per se that you're not supposed to use a horn unless, you know, something's actually going on, but I don't give a shit, dude, from, from eight to 80, you know, I've had people sit there and pump the fist. Oh, I hit the horn all all day long. I don't care, man. You know, fuck your corporate policy (laughs) ruining the world because, uh, I grew up, my grandmother actually, uh, lived right across from Thornapple Valley on Tillman. So I grew up, you know, one of our pastime was going to walk over 96 and just fist pump all day long to see how many trucks we could get to hit the horn, man. So you got damn right I'm going to hit it for a little fat round the face, kid, man. <laughs> I had an old lady, I swear to God, man, she looked like she had to be, you know, old as Jesus. And she put her hand out, her old man slowed down, and she put her hand out and pump, pump the fist. And I was like, my, 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 my. Hey, I gave her the standing ovation one, baby. Well, hell yeah, she's old as Jesus. <laughs> you have to. So it looks like we all are starting off with the same be- same beer. So Damien, not only did he show up to do the podcast, he he brought drinks for the house and shit. So. Oh, you you have to man. You can't show up to somebody's house without a six pack at least or something. The bringer of booze. See, that's how you can tell he listens to the show. That's real gangster shit. You don't show up empty-handed. That's <laughs> it, man. You show up empty-handed, you get turned away. Uh, you wanna? Yeah, I actually found this today. Uh, It's the first time I've had it. It's by New Belgian. It's Captain Dynamite IPA. It's Voodoo Ranger. Uh, Big Voodoo Ranger fan. So I was like, you know what? I've never had it. Why not? You know, first time on the show. Let's go to first time beer. Yeah, Voodoo Rangers made appearances, but never never this kind. We were talking before the show. I've had a a few different Voodoo Rangers, like the sampler pack and shit, but Mm -hmm. I'd never seen this one. Yeah, that's why I said it was the first time I've seen it. And, you know, he's in, like, you know, kind of a cool... uh, stormtrooper uniform i guess you would say and i was like oh yeah that definitely go good yeah that's a good call i was just gonna say that we talk a lot about the, the art on the beer cans and yeah this beer art is pretty fucking sick 
And that's something that I've noticed lately that uh, I've been seeing different cans with like really dope art on them, man. And I'm like, I see why it's twenty dollars. It's not the beer for the four pack that's twenty bucks. It's the art that you're putting out. I can respect that. I've said a bunch of times the way I pick NFL teams is just by whichever animal I think is toughest. And the way I pick my beer is by how cool that label is. Some of them, like you said, they just so artistic and so sweet. You got to get shit. The other beer that I haven't cracked into yet, uh, I picked just because of the can. What is it? It's a Raimondo El Rojo Red Ale. It's from uh, Griffin Claw right here from uh, Birmingham, I believe, in Michigan. So another uh, local favorite. Uh, Griffin Claw has made an appearance on the show a few times. I was just telling Damien I never had this kind before. He has, but uh, I like Griffin Claw. They got a lot of them. But, yeah, uh, this one I think you will really enjoy. It's actually uh, one of my favorite red L's that I've had. I just found that, I believe, last winter. Not too long ago, but it was the first time I had it, and it's really good. You know, I've had that before, and I never realized that it was Raimundo El Rojo. I just called it El Rojo this whole time. Well, you know, Raimundo is very tiny above the red yeah. El Rojo. But yeah, I picked it just because it's got a uh, little bandito on the can. So yeah, I like... mean, he's sitting there with the two six-shooters. I'm like, he's a badass. I got to drink yeah. a beer with him. Maybe we'll be saying hello to him tonight. Who knows? If it's Raimundo El Rojo that we're doing tonight, I swear to God. <laughs> but I brought uh, I brought some my classic IPA, the Two-Hearted Ale, which has some great a great picture of this fish <laughs> on it. <laughs> <the fish. laughs> you guys all have, like... You got like a stormtrooper, you got a fucking Mexican cowboy and like a bandolier. I got a fucking fish. Well, some would say you have the symbol of Jesus. So you are blessed, my son. (laughs) But but also we brought a first timers. You brought a classic favorite. What? It's been on here a lot. Many hearts, lighthearted, two hearted, all of the hearts. Yeah, I got a black hearted out in the fridge too. And that's a, where's Bell's from? That's a Michigan. That's Kalamazoo. Yeah, Kalamazoo okay. and the other. Michigan beer scene is ridiculous, man. Yeah, they, there's a lot and a lot of good beers. All right, before we get started, we got to make sure we take the time to thank Six Fold Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. And then we got to thank Cancer for letting us use his song in the mid roll. So you can follow them both on Instagram. It's Six Fold Swaino, it's F O E. And then Cancer is at Eyes Bleed Defiance. And then. While you're on Instagram, you can follow us at Bad Guy Podcast, and we're also Bad Guy Podcast at TikTok, and you can find all the links at badguypodcast.com if you're having a hard time finding them. So we'll go ahead and get started, and the bad guy we're covering is James B. Miller. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Jimmy B. Mills. So we got... James Miller, who went by Jim Miller, a.k.a. Killer Miller, a.k.a. Killin' Jim, a.k.a. Deacon Jim. I like them. They, they steadily got worse as it went on. Well, I'm just understand. I'm just trying to understand how the hell you go from the killer to the deacon. You know, <laughs> yeah, where, I, where did you find Jesus along your path? <laughs> it's the evolution of it. See, that's the story in a nutshell. He goes from Killer Miller to going by Jim, you know, more laid back. You know, hey, we don't need to go last names. Call me Jim. Stab, stab. <laughs> then becomes a deacon, turns the shit around. We're still in season two, and this is already the third guy we've covered that goes by Killer. Yeah, but at least his is, it's not just super, ki- like, 
Killer Miller. You know mm. what I mean? I didn't even count Super right. Killer, so it's actually four. We cover Killer Burke, Super Killer, Killer Petey, and then Killer Miller. No good. I like Killing Jim. It's just a, <laughs> hey, what's up, Killing Jim? You know, Jim down the street? No, Killing Jim. You know. Because yeah. Jim's, you know, James, Jim's, that's something that, you know, you, you like Mike. Everybody's got two or three people named Mike that done it. Is it White Mike? Is it Killing Mike? You know, where are we <laughs> yeah. going with this? What yeah. Mike are we talking Crackhead about? Crackhead Mike, which one? <laughs> so, Jim Miller was born October 25th, 1861 in Van Buren, Arkansas. All right. So, wait, what year again? I know uh, you just said it. 1861. All right, so post-Civil War? No, that would be like pre, right? Civil, I don't know. Civil War sometime around there. I don't Civil know. War is like 61 free. to 65. He's yeah. a baby. He has no political views <laughs> at this point. By the time he's older, it's done with. Yeah. I think he'll be safe. No, he is a diehard Confederate. <laughs> yeah. So I included this picture of Van Buren, Arkansas. Now, he moved out. at the, His family moved to Texas when he was at the age of one. But one of the best resources was from an Arkansas website that kept claiming him as Arkansas Outlaw. He lived in Van Buren, Arkansas for one year, left at one years old, and uh, they're well, still I mean, claiming him as Ar- yeah, Arkansas's uh, craziest outlaw. Like, well, I can I see that, know. though, because, I mean, how many real crazy outlaws does Arkansas have? I'm, you know, Texas, hey, we got you all day long. How many do you need? Yeah. How many do you want? Arkansas, look, we got this one guy. He was only here his first year of life, but uh, we're going to go ahead and claim him anyway. Yeah, come on, Texas. Stop being such outlaw hogs. You got all the Spread people the down wolf. there. Come on. So, yeah, at the age of one, his family moves to Texas. After several years, uh, a couple years later, his dad died, and Jim and his mother moved into his grandparents when he's still a young boy. At eight years old, both of his grandparents were murdered. Damn, he just has a bad stroke of parental luck. Legend has it that he killed his grandparents and wasn't prosecuted because he was too young. Some people say he wasn't prosecuted because there wasn't enough evidence. Some people say that the whole story is bullshit. Either way, at eight years old, his grandparents got dead, got killed, got deaded, got deaded. <laughs> that's that's rough, man. Cause you know you hear about parents getting killed, but what the hell did your grandparents do that you killed your grandparents? Right. Allegedly. Right. You know, you didn't get the cookies. You know what's going on? <laughs> right. Everybody loves grandma and grandpa. Right. That, that's where you want to be. That's where it's all at. That's where you're spoiled yeah. at. I mean, we can all understand killing parents, right? <laughs> I mean, we all get that. Right. But the grandparents, yeah. mama, that's where we're drawing the line. Now you're being ridiculous. Come on. Especially at eight years old. That's prime baby by the grandparents time. Oh, too. man. You know, you got to ride the, ride the horse extra long and everything, you know. Hey, I tell you one thing he loves his mom. He's taking everybody else out. <laughs> Either way, however, the grandparents. You know died. what's crazy? I was gonna say too, when his dad died, I was like, all right, we've heard this before, story checks out. And then like then they had grandparents to move like, that's lucky. He had grandparents to move in with. Cause normally this turns into mom ends up marrying some other douchebag or turns to hooking. Now like, say it ends up in the whorehouse and, you know, yeah. now he's shining shoes it outside the gets... whorehouse after she's shining the knobs in there, you know? Everything's getting shot. <laughs> but instead he goes to grandparents' house and kills them. So either way, no matter how it happened, now his grandparents are dead, so they got to find somewhere new to live. So him and his mom end up moving in with his older sister and her husband, John Coop. And then they get killed. Well, Jim Miller and John Coop never got along. 
they fucking hated each other. And well, yeah, he just killed time. the grandparents. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> John Coop is probably a normal guy. He's like, no, don't bring that crazy little motherfucker to my house. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want to sleep with one eye open. He didn't really kill the grandparents. The thought that it is even a chance is crazy. The fact that we're having the conversation at all says I don't want this little the fucker fact in my house. It's even a rumor. But you know, even it. still, it's like he's eight years old. I'm trying to think of every eight year old I've ever known. And I don't think I don't know of any eight year old the size. I mean, I'm sure if he did it, maybe he did it in their sleep, but who the fuck at eight is thinking of killing her grandparents? What I want to know what the hell the grandparents did, because you know I'm kind of on his side. Like, what? How fucked up were they that the eight year old killed them? Because he had to put some <laughs> effort into that. You've obviously never met Arkansas's number one outlaw. <laughs> um, when you've been born and raised in the mean streets of Arkansas your entire life, that's when you kill your grandparents. You know, I know people were doing things younger back in this time. You know, marrying younger and all that, but. Damn eight year old killer. That's rough, man. That would that would definitely be the earliest start we've got on the podcast so far is eight. We've had some early guys get into it pretty early, but eight is yeah, so young. That's I, can not see, even... I can see preteens, hormones, yeah. yeah. Eight. Yeah, okay. That's not even Dr. Phil age yet. <laughs> he ain't even having that. Oh no, you said you killed your grandparents. Like, oh, so he got involved in gang at eight. What did he start? Like pickpocketing, something like that? No, he right. murdered his parents. Oh shit. Now, 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 James, I don't, I don't care who you are. There's a little bit of Southern love that says you don't kill your grandparents, right? <laughs> so he lives with them for a while throughout his childhood. And him and his brother-in-law always hate each other. And on July 30th, 1884, it comes to a boiling point. They have a heated argument, and John Coop goes outside and falls asleep on his porch. When he falls asleep, Jim Miller comes out with a shotgun and murdered him in his sleep. Okay, so he so he gets motherfuckers to... in their sleep is what it is. <laughs> Don't go sleep around this Man, fucking kid. See, first you come in with that smooth ass DC voice, then you come through with some smooth ass DC predictions. This mother, but that's one hell of an argument. I'm so pissed. I'm go sleep on the porch. I don't even want to be under the same roof. I'm getting old. I guarantee the argument had to do something about this is my goddamn house. I'm going to go out on my motherfucking porch and take a nap and leave me the fuck alone. And ended up in this motherfucker with a shotgun blowing him away. He, you know, it's probably every time I come in the house, he in the kitchen, he got the candles lit all fucking day. It's daylight out. So, you know, I ain't got to put up with this shit. I'm going to take a nap on the porch. Don't sleep around this motherfucker. This motherfucker takes lies while you need and while you nap. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I went to sleep and I woke up here. I don't know, God. I don't know where the hell I went wrong. It was Jim Miller, wasn't it? I fucking knew it. God damn it. It was my porch. Can't even take a port can't even take a nap on my own goddamn porch. Probably with the own his own goddamn shotgun to boot, man, because you know the kid didn't have one. It was the house shotgun. It was for protecting from outlaws and cattle rustlers. He got smoked with his own shit. God damn, Jimmy, you know that gun is for guests. <laughs> You so, broke out the good shotgun, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Jim Miller was arrested, convicted on the murder, and sentenced to life in prison. But on an appeal, it was overturned on a technicality, and he was let, he was let free. What the fuck was the technicality? <laughs> well, he was sleeping. It don't count. I thought it was an intruder. My mistake, Your Honor. <laughs> it was my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> it was dark outside. I was out of candles. <laughs> what I do like about this Wild West shit 
I don't even know that that's necessarily the oddest court situation we're going to have today. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's just a warm-up to how him and court dates go. Murder, guilty, life in prison. I don't think so. You know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's lying. You know, we'll take your word for it. Defense was a whole lot easier back then. <laughs> how could I kill him? He was sleeping. Mm. You know what? Checks out. After this, no, well, now obviously none of his family members are going to let him hang out with him no more. Like, so everybody's like, no, can't move in with me. Jim the Mil- mom is pissed. The mom just wants someone to sleep. She's like, God damn it, Jimmy. Now we got no one else to stay with. You keep on killing all our relatives slash roommates. Like, look, Ruth, you can stay. Jimmy can't. I don't want to wake up dead. I know what the fuck he does. Dude, I'm a deep sleeper. <laughs> like fucking blood in the water for this lunatic, man. Please, no, please. So Miller goes to work as a ranch hand for a guy named Emmanuel Clements. Emmanuel Clements' whole family, they're related to John Wesley Harding. They like they come from a family of outlaws. And he's got his own ranch and it seems like like he's straight, not a criminal per se, but he's you know, he's not like fully legit. He's every well, that, other businessman in America. Yeah. Look, there's a way I got this money, there's a way I make it now that's legal, but don't worry yeah. about how I got the money to make the legal money. Hey, ain't you from that gangster family? Yeah, but I'm a rancher. (laughs) With John Miller and Emmanuel Clements, they'll hit it off. They become good friends. Emmanuel Clements' son will become his best friend. He'd eventually end up marrying his daughter, like, down the road. He was real tight with their whole family. Like, this was, like, his his father figure if he hadn't killed all his other (laughs) father figures previous to that. Like, you you ain't heard what Jimmy does to father figures? And you're going to let this guy marry? And so, you know, that makes you a father figure now? He was a brave son of a bitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's going to wake up dead is what you're going to do. You know I what love- he does to the men in his life? He shoots them in their sleep, man. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Clemens, like a father. But like a father, I don't want to kill in your sleep when you're taking a nap. Um. So, yeah, they become real close. He learns everything about ranching. So in March of 1887, his boss, Emmanuel Clements, gets into an argument with the town marshal, a guy named Joe Townsend, and Joe Townsend guns him down. And Jim Miller, he's crushed. If I don't kill him, no one gets to. <laughs> he wasn't even sleeping. No <laughs> uh, A couple days later, the town marshal was ambushed by an unknown attacker and had his arm blown off with a shotgun. The day before, Jim Miller fled the town. Oh, we know who shot him. Right. <laughs> so wait. You killed you killed my boy. You like you didn't know that was my boy? Right. Okay, sure. I got you. He fled the day before? Like he No, took... he killed him the day before he fled down. Oh, okay. So there's a sequence of events. Yeah. His boss gets killed, the marshal gets ambushed. Yeah. And Jim Miller decides, you know what, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for me to get the fuck up out of here. You know, a completely isolated thought that has nothing to do with current events, I think I'm gonna get out of here. So he spends the next several years uh, along the Mexican border running with gangs, and he starts honing his skills robbing trains and stagecoaches. He would work a lot as a gun for hire. He had a reputation for not being a quick draw, but for being the quickest to draw. Does that make sense? I can get that. I can't outdraw you, but you know what? I'm going to out-ignorant you. Right. (laughs) I'm going to out-crazy the fuck out of you. I'm technically the quickest draw because I shoot you before you know what's going on. I ain't got a quick jab, but I'll punch you first. (laughs) That's right. right. 
I feel like you're starting to argue with me. I'm going to just shoot you now before you pull that gun on me because I know hey, that's what's coming. I mean, that's some self-awareness if you know you're not quick. Like, well, fuck, <laughs> I got to move first or else I'm just going to get hit. There's nothing I can do. Around this time, he also developed his signature method, which was typically an ambush where he'd open both barrels with a shotgun, then go for his gun. Shoot the motherfucker with the shotgun, then reach for his gun. Yeah, both barrels. <laughs> Why, why you ain't looking? So he'll ambush you, hit you with two barrels of a buckshot, and then pull his gun. Like, you ready? But, but he just I'm, jumps out of the car. Yeah, pow! I'm just, you know, I've shot a double barrel shotgun, so I'm like, I know the kick just from one shot at a time. Yeah. So I'm just thinking the shot of both shots at the same time. So then you're having to take the kick, drop that, and then pull the gun. I'm thinking maybe that's why he wasn't the quickest draw, because you're doing a whole fucking lot right now. Well, I mean, it took him a minute. The first couple double barrels, I mean, didn't work out too good. He tripped, fell a couple times. But once it became his signature, he had it down. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. I I, I didn't say it was quick and easy. I said he mastered over this period of time. He's robbing, he's robbing trains. He's robbing shit. He's a gun for hire. He learns, you know what? I got a method. I know. I mean, I like his style. He knows himself. He knows he ain't quick. So, fuck it. Just, ha! And then nobody's going to fuck with. Hey, you know what? It's probably because he shot him. He's like, you know what? I did this once and it blew a motherfucker's arm clean off. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. You know what really helps? If you blow them in half before they're looking, <laughs> they're, none of them are quick. They all get real slow real quick. You put some rounds in somebody. They don't move too well after. In 1891, he married Sally Clement. They would go on to have four kids. And him... His wife uh, and his brother-in-law, they moved to Pecos, Texas, where he became a deputy sheriff. You bullshitting. That's why why I love the West. Being a sheriff is strictly being a tough guy with a gun. That's it. That's all you have to do. I mean, people forget, like, all your famous uh, Wyatt Earp, all these famous people became cops after being just dickheads that shit. Shot people. Yeah, because what they did was they out crazy their crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're like, look, we got all these guys coming into town just, you know, causing all kinds of hell and havoc. Can you do something if we pay you? Yeah. Yeah, I can take care. Fuck them guys. I know them guys. I smacked them guys around a few times. Shooting them would be no problem. Yeah. I mean, now but, now, but now you're going to say I am? <laughs> now I get a little badge that says I'm in charge of doing that? Okay. Well, you have to deal with a bunch of hymns out there. So there's a bunch of killer millers that killing jim has to contend with you have to strike fear in their eye. like they have to know it's a lot more animalistic i've talked about it a lot on the show like when you're in that world like you have to start being an animal like the alpha shit you have to do that shit or you just get shot was in pecos now he's deputy sheriff he becomes an active member in the methodist church uh, he was popular around town. He didn't drink, smoke, or swear. He was always, like, polite, so he just played oh, the role. See? He was Killer Mike as a child. He turned to Killing Jim. Now he's making his transition to Deacon. Well, this is where he became known as Deacon Jim. So he'd always wear, like, the traditional Methodist garb. So there was, like, Methodist preachers and then these guys called the Circuit Riders, which were basically, like, Western frontier missionaries, you know? Okay. But they wear the style. So it was always a large black hat, a white shirt with a high collar, and then a black frock coat. Now, there's all different versions of that same style, but basically, white shirt, high collar, it's kind of black hat. Waker-esque. Yeah. And part of what he's known for was his frock coat. So he'd wear a big-ass black frock coat mm. in Texas. 
always, no matter what the weather, no matter what time of day, no matter what. That's just fucking crazy. <laughs> That's fucking hot. Get the fuck, get the fuck out of here with that shit. No, for real. If you've ever been to Arizona, like in the Tombstone area, and then watch movies like Tombstone, like. How did they wear this much stuff? Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah, you, had to, you had to dress everywhere yeah, you went. And you go out there, like, take a vacation out there in the summertime to the southwest. Like, these motherfuckers were just out here in a vest, a shirt, a coat, a hat. Fuck you, I'm dying in these shorts. This is and, bullshit. And, and you know what, I'll tell you this, because um, I was actually talking about this the other day with my fiance. To dress like that is not cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, you're basically in a fucking three-piece suit, you know. And as much as I'd like to look flan- fancy and fly, I don't make that kind of money, it, it, you know, because, hey, because you figured, like you said, they had the vest, the tie, the, the tie pin, the cufflinks, the hat, I mean. Or the pin they, stick. Yeah, they, they were all geared out. And so, you know, I'm like, the motherfuckers had money. Because even back, even back then, it was probably even more expensive just because all that shit was tailored or you had to wait for it to come in. Or... You have to wait for some the black cloth to come in for right. someone to make yeah. that shit. He also he had like a big ass diamond ring that he was known for wearing. Like a real yeah, big so he, was, he was out there like a traveling preacher. Like back in the day, he was evangelist. No, 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 the ass. Why, why Deacon Jim gotta have the nice dress? Why, why, why Deacon Jim gotta have the cool ring? Don't ask no questions. They say, they say, Deacon Jim, where you get that frock at? Don't ask. I said. Don't ask no questions. Now, as he becomes deputy, there's a steady increase in horse, thief, and cattle rustling in there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask no questions. You ain't got to solve the crimes if you're doing the crimes. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, and he was always the first one to be like, I got it. I'll tell you, oh, where's it at? I'm on it. And, you know, he'd just go out to his area. So eventually the sheriff who deputized him, and he was a younger sheriff, but and he needed the help. So when right. he he met Killer Miller, he's like, "Yeah, this guy fucking seems like exactly what I need." And he, he brings, he's my muscle. I'll yeah. be the brain. We all right. But then all of a sudden, at some point, he puts us together and he confronts him and he's like, "Look, when you look at the timing and the locations of this whole setup, seems like everywhere you are yeah. and you go, like the crime gets worse." Yeah, I I know, Sheriff. It's like whoever's doing this is trying to set me up. A good deacon like me out here in my frock doing the Lord's work and the justice system's work. And this son of a bitch is running around. He's making me look like a damn fool. I'll tell you what, whoever's doing this, he's a goddamn mastermind. He's the smartest son of a bitch you've ever known. Probably a good ass, good looking dude. Probably dresses nice and everything. Sheriff's like, Jimmy, you know, it's kind of funny. You always the first one at the crime scene. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I get there just right after. If only I was quicker, Sheriff. That's what I'm saying. This guy, he's just too damn good. Yeah, that's the exact quote said. said the timing and locations lining up with Miller's whereabouts. See? <laughs> so, like, wait a minute. Everything was cool. And then you moved here and everything got worse. And then everywhere you go. Good words there. It's fucking nuts. But Miller just laughs it off, and he's like, "Ah, that's crazy. It is crazy and shit." And then <laughs> that's just crazy talk, sheriff. You just you're just making no sense. Well, and the sheriff, he's like super popular. You know what I mean? And he's like yeah. a big big guy in the church and shit. So they're all like everybody in the neighborhood's like, "Nah, Deacon Jim, he's cool. He's cool. He couldn't be doing it." So eventually, Miller shoots a Mexican prisoner, catching him trying to escape. So they, they do some investigating, and it turns out like. Wait, this guy might have been working with him and knew where he stole t- hit two mules. And you should go check it out. 
And then they look and they find the mules and stuff. And it turns out it wasn't really a Mexican criminal that's trying to escape. It was one of his partners. That's fucked up. (laughs) And he shot him and he's just like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know, Sheriff. So finally, Sheriff, he catches him and he's like, he fires him. So basically, I don't know. That's the penalty for killing a Mexican in Texas in the 1800s. You know what? You can't be a deputy no more. But and you, you know what happened, you know, his Mexican homeboy came up like, look, we got these two mules. You're only trying to give me, you know, 20% of the cut. I'm going to need more. I'm going to have to start talking to people. Oh, okay, bet. Boom, shoots him in the back. Hey, he was trying to escape. I was bringing him in. Look, this is where the mules were at. See? <laughs> this is where Killer Jim really uh, sinks in my book, because if he was a mastermind, he could have just framed the Mexican for the whole thing. But he wasn't that good. They still got him. He's definitely not a strategist. It's not his thing. Well, I think he just really got so sloppy because he was just able to get away with it, you know? So he's just kind of doing whatever. Well, I mean, if you get life in prison and they say, you know what, never mind, go ahead. <laughs> After that point, you're like, okay, I'm just getting away with whatever the fuck I want. Tell a couple good lies. I get hired as a sheriff. Start walking around town as a deacon. I got the fanciest Cadillac horse and a big diamond ring. <laughs> They're going to believe what I say. Everybody loves me. I don't drink or smoke or associate with whores. I'm a good guy. <laughs> so I kill a couple people sometimes. <laughs> hey, shit happens. So uh, the church people find out and they're furious. And they're fucking, they're like, dude, this is our guy. And sheriff thinks he can get rid of him. And our town's bigger than the Wait, fucking county. So oh, they're so they're mad at the sheriff? Yeah. Because <laughs> they fired his the guy Because they, they fired Jim Miller You're going to fire him Because he killed a Mexican i tell you what He might not have been a strategist But he was a hell of a politician right. People fucking loved him for sure That's crazy Holy shit The people of Pecos, Texas Appointed Jim Miller the marshal Of the city <laughs> She got fired as deputy Became the marshal Yeah God damn. Talk about failing up. So then he deputized his brother-in-law as uh, his deputy, and the two of them slowly took all over the crime in Pecos. So. <laughs> damn. Was he a cop in the 70s in New York? <laughs> so him and Fraser have this back-and-forth beef, and, and basically the beef is Fraser's like, I think you're a dirty cop, and he's right. <laughs> And he, but he just can't get rid of this guy. And now he's got his own gang. You know, he deputized his brother-in-law and shit. And he's surrounded himself with gunmen, and he's just running Pecos. And it, he basically turns this little small Methodist town into like the hood. Everybody's shit's coming up missing. <laughs> Eventually, the crime gets out of control, and this local rancher gives Fraser a heads up that Miller and his crew's got this plan in place to ambush him and murder him. Mm. So Fraser's got enough evidence and stuff. He gets it all together and he takes it to the Texas Rangers. And that's no bullshit. So fuck your marshals and your sheriffs or whatever. Yeah, the the Texas Rangers. Rangers is the motherfuckers. Yeah. He took it to the FBI. Right. Right. Like, we're going to go, okay, we're going to go over your head then. Deacon like, you know Jim. what? Now I got shit on you. I'm going to go see the Rangers and they're going to come talk to you. <laughs> Nobody firing them. Well, see, this is how simple uh, killing Jim is. He just thinks, well, there's this one cop who's trying to actually solve crimes. I'll just take him out. But little does he know, ah, that was going to be a bunch more cops. So There aren't uh, enough shotgun barrels for all these. So the Texas Rangers don't fuck around, so they come into town, they arrest Miller and three other guys in his crew, including his brother-in-law, and they arrest them all in conspiracy to commit murder. And then while they're all set for trial, the the rancher, their lead witness that was like knew about the conspiracy, gets murdered. Then they're like, whoa, that was kind of most of our case. We ain't got no evidence. We got to drop the charges, and they and they let them all out. God but dude, he keeps on getting away with the whole 
nobody ain't seen nothing. <laughs> but this time, he did get removed from his position as Marshal. The Texas Ranger are like, okay, maybe we can't lock you up this time again. But you we for sure can't be a cop no more. <laughs> he keeps on getting busted for robbing people while being a cop. Like, all right, I'm not going to arrest you, but you're fired. Then he gets a better job. What, is he going to be governor now? Right. Fraser took it personal. So the rancher that got killed, you know, like he seemed like he was like a good cop. He was like, oh, this guy got killed and I'm not putting up with this and I'm the fucking sheriff and this is Texas. So I'm going to do it the Texas way. So he goes to just roll up on uh, Jim Miller and Picos. All right. Now he's going full the rock and walking tall. Yeah. All right. He grabbed the piece of two by four. He's ready. He's to ready roll. to go. He about to die. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of you killing Jim. Oh, fuck. April 12th, 1894, he sees Miller, he confronts him, and they get an argument, he tells him he's a cattle thief and a killer, and he says, I'm gonna, I forget what the guy's name, but he's like, I'm gonna, this one's for so-and-so, and And he knows that Jim Miller's dirty, so he just pulls out his gun and starts shooting him, which is not very sheriff-like, but I guess he decided, fuck it. Hey, he knew his reputation, he's like, this motherfucker likes to draw before even anybody says draw, and then he likes to shoot you with a double-barrel shotgun with both shots, and then shoot you with the six-shooter, so I'm gonna do him on him. Right. That, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like, if you know the motherfucker's known for shooting first, I don't know. Hey. Yeah, no hesitation. No, nah, you cheat a cheating motherfucker every time. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> if you're around a pit bull that's used to biting people, you don't wait to get bit. So he just empties his revolver into him. He hit him in the arm and the leg and four times in the chest. All right, that was a slow buildup. I thought it was arms late. Like, is he Yeah, like it's a non-shooting motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> Miller got off one left-handed shot, which missed and hit a bystander. But outside of that, he just basically got shot up. And uh, so these people take him and they rush him to the hospital. And they get him to the hospital and they found out that he had like a giant metal plate that he wear under his frock coat. This son bitch is running around with oh, a bulletproof, a bulletproof <laughs> frock coat. So he was all fucked up and shit, but he lived. He takes a while to heal up. And December 26th. 1894 he's like kind of back out in the world and oh, uh shit, you know what i just realized we're making fun of it but the one on the arm and the leg were the only ones to really do damage right see he should have kept going for limbs i mean if you Make get an arm and leg if you in the chest he lays down put one in the head and be done with it yeah that's what oh wait, <laughs> oh, wait thanos rules go for the head oh and i guess i, I didn't say this but so they found out he had the metal plate, but no, I guess nobody else knew. They didn't report it or anything. And then on <laughs> December 26, 1894, Fraser's like, fuck, this motherfucker's alive. Well, you know, it's doctor-patient confidentiality. They can't put that out there. <laughs> right. So uh, Miller was standing out at a blacksmith shop, and Fraser sees him again. So he pulls out his gun and empties his gun into him again. But he was at the blacksmith shop getting a new metal plate. Right, he's getting a new flak jacket. He's like, no, you know what? I'll get me arm and leg guards, too. Again, Miller was saved by the metal plate. <laughs> and he took a long time to recover this time. He was pretty fucked up, but he lives. And he reached out to some political connections at the church and shit like that he got. And he was able to get charged, pushed against Fraser for attempted murder. Because he's like, oh, I was just chilling on wow. the street. This guy's just running up on me shooting. That's not cool. Now, see, doing the math a little late, because sometimes I'm a little slow. I get why he didn't shoot him in the head. He was out of bullets. Six shooter, revolver, one in the arm, one in the leg, four in the chest. Yeah. So he should have known that second time he shot him to save one for the fucking headshot, then he wouldn't be having these problems. No. <laughs> he just thought he was the luckiest son of a bitch ever. And he's like, well, this time for sure. 
Yeah, headshot. Look, I if Zombieland taught us anything, double tap, man. That's you just it, gotta man. Go for the... I love at this point, he's a dog and Killer Jim is a squirrel. Like, he just sees him, just goes at him shooting. And he's the cop. <laughs> yeah, he can't help himself. He's just going for it. Fraser was charged, but he wasn't. they weren't able to convict him on the murder. He's looked like a fool twice. And everybody thought he was like a joke. They kept saying that like uh, Killer Jim got the best of him. Well, Deacon Jim, they probably called him. And uh, they just thought he was a fool. And then he, you know, had to face charges and shit. So he ends up losing his reelection. And he's not the sheriff no more. And he just ends up leaving town. Dude, he, in today's world, he would just become a mass shooter. This guy's out here just stealing shit, becomes a cop just to steal shit more, gets fired for stealing shit and killing a Mexican, becomes an even better cop. Like... And now this guy's going, like, actually thinks that he shot and kills this motherfucker. Can't even kill him. He keeps coming back. Like, to this guy, killing Jim is a demon. Like, It's like can't... the dream where you can't punch hard enough. It's like, I just keep <laughs> shooting him in the chest and it doesn't work. And even worse, all the townspeople think he's the asshole. He gets fired. And, by and that's what I'm saying. He was a hell of a politician because they're like, you know what? We got to press charges on the sheriff because the sheriff done lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's like... One of the bad cop movies where, you know, the cop knows that the congressman is the biggest dope dealer in the country, but nobody believes him because <laughs> yeah. he's the congressman. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy's a goddamn politician, son of a bitch, but he, he's out there politicking his ass off. Yeah. Like, Everybody he, he's loves apparently him. apparently very good at this. <laughs> this guy is Matthew Broderick and the cable guy. Like, sometimes it's somehow easy. He just took off to the desert to just do a shit ton of peyote till he dies. Like, he's just lost his fucking mind at this point. Fraser loses the election, leaves town, and eventually Miller catches word that Fraser is in the area visiting family. September 14th, 1896, he finds out Fraser's playing cards in a saloon in Toya, Toya, Texas. Jim Miller walked into the saloon and shot Fraser in the head with both barrels with his double barrel shotgun. God damn. So it basically removed his head from his body. So it wasn't really a decapitation because it's a decapitation, you still have the head. Yeah, no, there was nothing just, left just of that. I mean, especially, he especially he enjoyed shooting both shots at once. So, yeah, yeah that was just, see, it was I just told, a mess. See, I told you, that's what it was. He shot off that one dude's arm with the shotgun. He was trying to relive it. He finally overdid himself. He's like, you know what? Now I'm going to go for the head. You know what? I like killing Jim. He goes for the head. He doesn't <laughs> fuck around. I've taken eight in the chest this year. Right. Okay. <laughs> Go for the head. Like, bitch, you made but this real personal. They sure call him Demon Jim, though, because he took everything from the sheriff. And the sheriff is the one that hired him in the first place, got him to be a cop. He slowly took everything from the sheriff. Sheriff wanders away, finally gets over it, visiting family members, just playing some cards. Jim comes in and kills him. It's fucking crazy. Miller gets uh, arrested on this one. Because he walked into a place and killed him in front of a bunch of people. He gets acquitted at trial. And he gets overheard threatening a witness named Joe Earp in court. So this guy, Joe Earp, goes in and testifies against him. And Jim Miller gets off and says, oh, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. And they're like, well, I you don't know. He got off, though. Why is you threatening, dude? You already fucking walked out. Like, well, that's inappropriate. Court dismissed. <laughs> Like, uh, fucked up. He's like, so smooth, he can't even get held in contempt. Right, like, Your Honor, you, you you just heard what he said. Hey, that case is over. That ain't got yeah. shit to do with me. I suggest you get right with God. I don't know what to tell you. Joe Earp's over there. <laughs> Bailiff? Someone? Somebody help a motherfucker out. All right, first, Jim, before you kill him, 
we want to make you a federal marshal. <laughs> so three weeks later, Joe Earp was found murdered with a shotgun. So this one is one where they say uh, Jim Miller rode 100 miles through the night. So he shot him and then fucking Bash. just, just took off. Yeah, bounced out fucking hard through the night so that he could show up at a place before dawn and be like, what are you talking about? I'm here in whatever'sville, Texas. Jim Miller had a bad motherfucking horse. He should have been on the Pony Express. <laughs> <laughs> see, 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 they said, why, why Deacon Jim got to have the best horse? I said, no, man, because, no it, question. No, the, the only reason I said it, because I'm thinking 100 miles takes me normally about an hour and a half to do. I'm doing 68 miles an hour. This motherfucker rode a horse. That fucking, <laughs> he killed that horse. That horse didn't fucking make it. If he made it that 100 miles at the end, there was no horse left. <laughs> Then he made it into a frock coat, dyed it black, and wore it around. <laughs> he, hey, he had automatic jerky just how hard he rode that fucking horse to go with the coat. <laughs> so this one he gets off with because he's got an alibi, but now he's racked up all these murders in this town, and the whole Deacon Jim act is off. And in 1900, Miller moves his family to Fort Worth, Texas, where his wife started a boarding house and Miller began advertising himself as a killer for hire. Boarding house. That's just like rooms for rent, right? Yeah, like a bed and breakfast, but a big one. Okay. Maybe like a like an extended stay. No okay. good. Like an extended stay bread and breakfast. But what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Wild 
it's almost time to run, put on your army helmets now. You're running toward the sun with all your guns, defenses down. Flashes everywhere, the lights create an atmosphere. Water in your lungs, you pray for death, but life is here. You're about to die, face it, you're about to die. Zero sand in your glass, fuck it, you can't even cry. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Everybody grab a side as you fight to stay alive. Dancing on a hand grenade so you can die and they survive. Silver bullets in the sky, dropping seven second death. Scattering the children, run, rub until there's nothing left. Ashes in the water, sons and daughters holding flags up high. Wallowing the harbor as the military tanks arrive. Penetrate the border with disorder like an animal. Every war has the honor of turning kings into cannibals. All right, we're back. Back in the saddle again. So while we was uh middle of the last segment, my wife brought us some uh the chocolate martinis. What do you guys think? Dude, that thing is deliciously dangerous. It's like chocolate milk, but it's adult chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> A grown-up yoo-hoo. I think that's always the common consensus is yeah, it's good. Like, you like, could just slurp that fucker And then be like, oh, wait. It you just tapped are, me on the so- shoulder. You guys are some <laughs> negative Nellies. Hey, that's the, fir- the first time I ever drank craft beer. I was at, I know you go to Old Chicago. Sure. I was at Old Chicago, and uh, I always get the tall beers, because I usually get Bud Light. And I went up there, and I didn't know craft beer, so I don't even know what I got. I just got a couple something different crazies and shit. Drank two of them, and got up to go to the bathroom, and stood up and was like, oh, Hold on. Yeah, Same Bud Light. It's a whole different animal because yeah. I know I just started drinking them, uh, I want to say three years ago, and Little Something Somethings became one of my favorites. And so, you know, Bud Lights, Miller Lights, whatever, you know, it was always, you know, uh, Modelo's, whatever I was drinking. And then I started noticing, like, I started getting a gut, man, like <laughs> a for real beer drinking gut. And I'm like, man, I'm putting on weight. So I just happened to sit there and look up. I'm like, how many calories is it? It was like 3,600 calories for a 12-pack. I'm like, I can't drink 12 of these all at once no more. <laughs> I'm having my meals plus another meal after. Well, that's beer guts. There thing. <laughs> we left off. Killer Miller had reset up base in Fort Worth. And when he was putting himself out there advertising as a killer for hire, what he was working was what at that time was called the, the sheep war, the sheep versus cattle war. Okay. It was big in Texas and Oklahoma, but most of the Wild West, is you had sheep ranchers and cattle ranchers, and they ruined the land for each other. They can't coexist together, and they would beef with each other. But then you also had a big beef with farmers versus ranchers, because the farmers had like the land and the law on their side, but the ranchers had the money. And then the ranchers would come to town, and they would they fucking cows would graze everywhere, and they just march them through whatever the fuck, you know. And the farmers like, well, look, I want to start putting up fences defense off my territory and the cattle ranchers were like well no that messes up our business yeah you know? this is where we're moving yeah. our cows through yeah. and this is where they're grazing through to get fatter as we're taking them to market well there's a few there's two big things that happened that fed into that whole thing was first the homestead act 
in like the late 1800s, like 1890 something. And that was when like that straight that straight up movie, uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, the far and away thing. They would just have plots that you would just go and claim and you would claim your plot. And so all these people started having this land that the cattle ranchers used to just go through all of a sudden. People were like, yeah, no, this is my yard. You can't go through anymore. And then the invention of barbed wire, which now we just think, yeah, barbed wire, whatever. But back when that was invented, that was a huge, like, revolutionary thing. And a lot of people wanted to fight it because that's what stopped cattle ranchers from being able to walk through and shit. The invention of barbed wire, like, changed the West. Mm. They, they say the the sheep and cattle wars lasted about 40 years. So like you said, it was like in the late 1800s and it went as far as like still into the 1920s in some place out west where farmers and ranchers and sheep ranchers versus cattle ranchers and shit. Like all this land and y'all motherfuckers can't get together. Yeah, there, was like no to, you know, there are a lot of anti-war activists out there dressed like cows and sheep with their signs. <laughs> but there is a war and he needs some money. So he starts working as a, a hitman for hire. Some of his highlights... So one of the first murders that didn't involve a shotgun, he used a Winchester, and he shot three guys that were accused cattle rustlers. He killed two. The third one he didn't kill because he shot him and he fell off his horse, but he was stuck to the horse and the horse took off. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, he got away. I think that's, you know. I just rather be die. The fucked up way. <laughs> you get drugged by your horse to die. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. His horse was like, I'm out of here. Like getting shot for I you. Get, right. <laughs> like, look, you take this bullet. I'm gone. The whole time the horse was pissed too. Get off me! He's shooting at you. <laughs> that's why I don't Stop like to take you me. anywhere. Yeah. God damn it! It's always some bullshit. <laughs> There was a lawyer named James Jarrett who represented a group of farmers in a major court case. So the ranchers were winning most of the stuff in court because they had the most money. But so a bunch of these farmers, they brought in like this big shot lawyer and he started to kind of swing things around. So the ranchers had a bunch of money and they called Jim Miller. And they were like, hey, you should kill this lawyer. I love that. (laughs) The townspeople are getting pissed. We're going to buy a lawyer. The rancher gets all pissed. I'm going to buy a killer. Jim Miller killed James Jarrett while he was watering his horse near his own farm. So he's like, he'd be on his property on his own farm, watering his horse. You just at home changing your oil and then get shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we was waiting for him to take a nap, but he got impatient. Like, doesn't this motherfucker ever sleep? <laughs> March 10th, 1904, he killed a man named Frank Foray in a hotel restroom. He was arrested, but he was released on grounds of self-defense when three local police officers testified that he acted to protect himself. I was just there pooping. This guy came at me. He didn't didn't know the one urinal law. That's what happened. He he got real fucking close, and I thought he was trying to rob me, so you know. (laughs) I'm Jim Miller. I shot him. You skip a urinal, you son of a bitch. I don't shoot fast. I shoot first. That's my thing. August 1st, 1906, he was hired to kill a lawman for the Bureau of Indian Affairs named Ben C. Collins. So he was an ex-marshal, and now he's like a marshal for the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So it's like a federal position. And this was as retribution from a guy that that guy, he had shot while he was being a cop and crippled him. So the guy hired a hitman to have him killed. That's a fucking, hey, that's a fucking grudge. Like, look, he ain't that guy no more. Now he's a federal guy, but I still want the motherfucker dead. Miller shot him in the face with buckshot in front of his house and his family. God damn. Damn. 
<laughs> you're lucky your family was here, so I only used one, one barrel. barrel. Right. You get a piece of a face yeah. for later. If your family wasn't here, you'd have no face. Oh, shit. He did the Ben C. Collins hit for $1,800, which is a modern equivalent of about fifty-two grand. Reasonably low price killings. That's what I was thinking. Fifty-two grand. That sounds like a good price for like a federal. Yeah. yeah you're taking out a, a federal guy. That, that's cheap. Yeah. He was out there for the low. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had that disability discount. <laughs> I'll give you twenty-five percent off because you're in a wheelchair. He's doing it cheap. It's God's work. <laughs> I'm out here doing God's work, man. Another big name in the Sheep of Cattle Wars was Pat Garrett who was famous for killing Billy the Kid. And he got into a big land dispute with local ranchers. Like, it's a whole other story to try and cover that in itself, but it had something to do with a five-year lease and 1,200 sheep. But, you know, shit escalates quick. And they called in Jim Miller. Miller had connections on both sides. So instead of calling him as a hitman, they're like, well, hey, let's see if we can uh, make this work for both sides. And it took an hour to explain that to Jim Miller because he was like, <laughs> all right, so you're saying I use one shotgun or two? No, you Wait, know both of them. They, he went from the eight-year-old killer over up to a deacon, then to a sheriff. Now this motherfucker's a mediator. <laughs> Here, let's sit down and talk. What do you? Oh, I'll shoot. I'll shoot both of you one time, one with each barrel. Then we're fair. You never make the right decision. How are you in charge? You got two hotheads with a with a hothead in the middle yeah. that likes to shoot people twice with a shotgun <laughs> and then shoot them with the six shooter. I'm thinking duel. You guys thinking duel? <laughs> I'm thinking duel. And in that moment, when they had hired Killer Jim to be a mediator, they realized this war has gone too far. <laughs> that's when that's when you get the record scratch. <laughs> Let me tell you how I end up here. <laughs> I that like was... it. I like the Quentin Tarantino movies. We tell them backwards and shit. You start with that and go back. This is what addicts like to call a moment of clarity. <laughs> so they have a, a bunch of back and forth with it. Miller brokers an agreement. He brokers a meeting. So he says, look, we're all going to have a big sit down at La Cruces, New Mexico. And on February 28, 1908, while on his way to the meeting, Pat Garrett was ambushed and murdered. Miller is one of four suspects. And his wife's cousin was with Pat Garrett at the time he was murdered. But there was a guy named Wayne Brazell that admitted to the murder, but he's found innocent in court due to lack of evidence. So historians go back and forth to who they think killed him. Pat Garrett's murder is still unsolved to this day. So it's, this guy said, yo, I killed Pat Garrett. And they're like, nah, we don't believe you. You ain't do it. I'm telling you, I, I killed Hey, look, I shot him three times in the chest, two in the leg. And <laughs> you know, I caught his ear with one with the last bullet because he was falling down. Nah, you ain't do that. Cut it out. You're a nice guy. We know you ain't do that. Well, that's fucked up. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but not only I that, I did it. but they don't go get anybody else that they think did it. Like, yeah, we don't think you did it. Who do you think did it? Well, we don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll just... Not you. And that's great because Pat Garrett is... He's a big dude in the Wild West. Right. He was an old gunslinger. Like, he's one of the best lawmen of the West. And for him to just... His murder to just go unsolved is kind of fucking crazy. Mm. Pat Garrett's death site is now a historical marker on the side of the road. But the actual death site is one mile away from the historical marker. And it was marked with Garrett's by Garrett's son. So you can see, like... This is like, if you're in New Mexico, this is the Pat Garrett murder site. I'm sure. That's cool as shit. 
And it's weird because it's his adult son. This looks like some little kid shit. Well, it's so, carved into a rock. That is true. You don't exactly Well, no, do this is poured, poured concrete. He, like, oh. poured concrete into I mean, that spot. Everybody's not a great artist, and he probably did that with his finger or yeah. a stick, so, you, you know, finger the detail ain't going to be the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some cement and see what sort of Eric fucking... A punk. Fuck that kid, man. Sort of finger calligraphy you got. You just said he's one of the greatest lawmen in the world. His son can't put a fucking little effort into that? Like, a yeah, well, like being a famous gunslinger doesn't make your son a fucking genius. He's not Picasso out there. Yeah. You sling the shit out the gun. Hey, I bet you that some bitch hit every goddamn rock on there, make the bullet bounce off and touch anything you want. But hey, right. I just can't draw. That's yeah. all. Well, Leave me the fuck alone. Thing. Who we'll the fuck s- are you? I can, right. I can shoot. I can't draw. Fuck you. He probably can barely <laughs> spell. Like that's his last name is one of four yeah. words he spells. Like uh, he, Garrett. He miss. That's why he put P. Garrett. He would misspell Pat. Right. But I do like how the marker is a rock with a bullet hole through it. Yeah, that is cool. They tried to do what you said and ping the bullets off of it, but instead of just <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. So, you can go see the Pat Garrett murder site, but just know that's not the Pat Garrett murder site. On February 27, 1909, Jim Miller is hired by a small group of ranchers to kill a rival rancher who was a former deputy marshal named Gus Bobbitt. At this point, everybody's like either a marshal or has been a marshal. It's just one of those things like, yeah, I was a marshal once. It was cool. I did that first summer. <laughs> I was a summer deputy. I, I do like that this Wild West story is still in night. We're in 1909. Like, that's almost, you know, we're almost to World War One. Like, yeah, they're still out there cowboying and shit. Now, I, wa- I will say this, though. I'm very surprised we haven't heard the wife say, you know what, I've had enough of this shit. You know, or she hasn't been part of one of the shenanigans he's been into. Because mm-hmm. normally I've noticed, like, you know, the, the girlfriend, the wife or whatever has took a step one way or the other. And she's just back there like, look, I'm raising these kids. Do what you want. Just keep the money coming in. I'm going to take care of the finances. And right. that's her part in the story. This is back when women didn't know. have a say. She, well, nobody she, knows what she thought about it because nobody well, cared. Well, no, and but she I'm came just from saying. a gangster family, though, too. So, so she, she knew she knew her she, she knew what part she was going to be playing. Yeah, she knew the deal. Like, oh, I mean, whatever. What else? Or I could have stayed being some shitty rancher somewhere. You know, we're making money. I run this boarding house. Fuck or it. she married a dude that's known for killing people that disagree with him. <laughs> It's true. Like, I enjoy oh, no. sleep, and this motherfucker kills people this mother- while they sleep. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm just be doing my thing. This motherfucker killed his grandma because she gave because she said he had too many Werther originals. So I'm not gonna say shit to this guy. You See, do I'm gonna come back to that part. I'm gonna guess that he thought they were chocolate chip cookies. And they were oatmeal raisin, and that started the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. So that grandpa tried to stay, stay, come in and defend her, and he was by then it was too late. The whole thing had escalated. You know, the distrust that she just did. Yeah. I thought they were chocolate chips. She gave me fucking oatmeal raisins. She's never been the same. Even God couldn't help it. You know what I mean? Just... Grandma said I wanted Cocoa Puffs. What's with this fucking kicks bullshit? I want some frosted flakes. Oh, there are corn flakes everywhere. So Miller ambushed Gus Bobbitt on the road, shooting him in the side of both barrels with a shotgun. Bobbitt died, but he lived long enough to identify Jim Miller as his attacker. Miller fled back to Texas, but he was arrested in Texas and extradited to Oklahoma. And he stood trial with the three men that hire him. He's waiting over for trial, and they're looking at it, and they don't have a lot of evidence. 
and it just seems like they're probably going to be able to get away with it. And on April 19th, 1909, 30 to 40 Ada Oklahoma citizens formed a lynch mob and went to the jail cell and pulled the four men from their holding cells and dragged them to an abandoned stable and strung them up to hang. So they just Damn. had fuck enough. Yeah. yeah. See, they did what that sheriff couldn't do. Like, the law just kept on letting them off, and they're like, you know what? Fuck this. Taking it into my own hands. But tired of this. There had actually been another murder like a month or two before that mm. where the people had got off too. So it was almost like even more about that than this one. It was like just, you know, it's 1909. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to be like big boy America and you yeah, guys are still fucking playing Wild shit, West right. and shit. And uh, we're not doing this no more. Which I was saying, I was kind of surprised because, you know, he always seemed to have the people in his pocket. You know, he always had them sit there. Hey, we love this guy. What did the what? No, not this guy. I think that's a good point. But this is in Ada, Oklahoma. So these ain't his people. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Too, you know what yeah. I mean? Now he's a hired gun. So he's yeah, going he's to just, different areas and doing shit. These people don't just, know him. They yeah. don't know he's a deacon. They don't know. And these fucking ranch wars have been going on for decades. They're just tired of the shit. They don't even care about the particulars. They just know it's another rancher getting, hiring someone to kill people. They're just tired of this shit. It's 1909. Let's get our shit together, <laughs> dude. The other three men cried and begged for their lives. Miller Miller asked to die in his hat and uh, have his diamond ring returned to his wife, which both were agreed to. He also asked to be uh, hung in his frock coat, and then they denied that. Like, like stop I'm asking for shit. Well, take well, care of you rigging your hat. I come mean, on, your fucking coat? Let's... I mean, if that's what the guy wants to die in, that's his last wishes. That's kind of fucked up. You know, hey, look, just put me in my coat so at least I look good while I'm going yeah, out. Hey, I'm, like I'm all class over here. Look, send the ring and the hat to the wife, but... You know, this is what I want to look like when I'm sitting there dangling from this rope. It really, it seemed like that of all the requests was the easiest one to spread. Like, okay, yeah, just don't take it off and we're good. Like, it seemed like that would be the easiest one to fulfill. Like, well, no, he put his hat on. So he wanted his hat on and he wanted yeah. his diamond ring go to his wife. I know. Oh, okay, I thought you said you wanted the hat. I thought you said he wanted the hat and the ring. Right. But also, like, the hat on and the coat on are the same thing. Right. Like, you he should have asked for it all at once <laughs> is what it was, is he said, I want to wear my hat and bring this ring to my wife. And they were like, okay. And then he was like, well, then can I put on my coat too? And then they're like, like okay. Nah, motherfucker, no, you no, reaching no, now, no, goddamn no. You're yeah. asking too much. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, hey, that's one too many requests. How many accessories do you need? Your coat or your hat, man? If he would have did all that first, if he said, look, let me wear my hat my coat, give my ring to my wife, they would have said, okay. It was the fact that he, you know, now he's got to rebuttal. They're like, you know. I still don't What get... kind of lynch mob you think we are, dude? Give them a hat, they take a mile. You know I mean? <laughs> no, that's great. Like, where do you draw? That's a weird line to draw. Like, it's... no coat. The hat, okay. Coat? You're being well, ridiculous. Well, it could have been maybe because they said he said that he took him out to the abandoned stable. Mm -hmm. Is what it was. Maybe the coat was back in town. I'm not going all the way. That's a fucking thirty minute ride to go back to town right. and get your coat. Fuck you, we they're, have your ass. Yeah. We're still on horses, okay? Yeah. They're all sitting around the tree thing. I'm tired like, hey man, you gotta go get my coat. I don't know, go get my coat. No, you son of a bitch. We'll see the guy in the lynch mob like, look, I gotta work in the morning. Are we gonna, <laughs> we gotta I get, got sheep to tend to in two hours. I up. got time for that ride. Are we gonna get to this lynching or what are we doing? <laughs> Don't give him the coat. He has a metal neck plate that he uses. So all the other guys were had to get their boxes kicked out from him. So they started kicking the boxes out from under him. And Jim Miller 
just jumped off his box and his last words were let her rip those last words duke approved i'm a sucker for some good last words hang himself you're gonna kick my box out from under nah. me huh? excuse me sir i got this don't worry about <laughs> it i am the one that kicks the boxes <laughs> my hat look okay all right you so, know what you sons of bitches don't let me get my coat you don't get to kick my box <laughs> The people at Ada let the bodies hang for hours until the local papers photographers could arrive. So they say, legend has it, that they sold this picture as like a like a postcard. Like it was a local tourism picture for a long time. It was their claim to fame. I guess this PowerPoint came out bad, like on my screen. Mm. But he's this one all the way on the left that you can barely see. He's the only one in a hat. This one here. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> the only one in the hat. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, see, no, what I'm actually trying to see is the face, because I know you guys always sit there and do who would play him. Oh, I got, I got that super sneak peek. Oh, yeah. shit. We're cheating so, right now. So, like, get it off the screen. Get it off the screen. This guy here, I know exactly who this guy would be, as in, like, I don't know the motherfucker's name, but I know the movie, like, who this guy would be, but this guy, I'm not sure. Hey, Why guy, couldn't this be this fucking guy? Hey, that guy right there, <laughs> he kind of looks like Joe Pantoliano as, in Sopranos. It's Ralphie in Sopranos. Okay, don't judge. I've never seen Sopranos. Uh, but who I was thinking, the guy Sonny from A Bronx Tale. Ah, uh, Chaz Paul Mieri. That's who I was thinking there. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I know the guy that I'm going with. But th- this guy. I was here, thinking I Walton Goggins. Walter Goggins. No, Walton. So, Walton. Who, who's the guy you're talking about? Joey Pants? Yeah. Him? Yeah. He's well, also from. But him as Ralphie. Not yeah. like always him, but like, because in. Uh, but to help Damien out, that's the guy in the Matrix that uh, hold everybody out. The guy that ran oh, them all out. Oh, okay. The guy okay, who okay, likes steak. That. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I who, see that. I see that. Who just really wanted to know it was a real steak. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. uh. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> so that's the story of Killer Miller. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. All right, so you guys technically didn't see a picture. I played this one. Look, it's season two. We break all the rules, man. You get sneak previews and shit. <laughs> That's what's up. Season two, we get crazy. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? I, I have to be honest. What's the fucking guy's name? Val Kilmer that played Doc Holliday? Yeah. Where? It kind of, that's kind of him okay. right there, man. I get, I get that vibe. That, from that that's him right there. Except now we're stuck. Now you get stuck with new Valve Kilmer, and he looks like a fat goof. I would go Mystic River Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but that's just straight looking at because we got a little sneak peek of the foe. But like, who could play this? Would just would have to be a cool, charming dude. But can also be very, very intimidating, which is a reoccurring like archetype of this show. A lot of the hitmen are very, like the last guy we did was a, uh, he was known to be very well dressed, always went and got manicures, always kept his shit nice and clean. But he is also a ruthless killer. And this guy was super charming, had a diamond ring, but he also would shoot you with a shotgun and blow off your head. That is kind of crazy how the shit's timeless, right? So whether you're in the Prohibition era or whatever, this person that gravitates to this line of work likes well, the diamond I mean, which, ring as and we the found out, The difference sure. between when he got hung and Prohibition era is only 10 years. Yeah. So here's some pictures of Jim Miller. 
Okay, see, that's oh, a completely God. different look than from the guy that was hanging. Oh, I got, know I got who? another picture, too. You know what? I know exactly who is the uh, Daniel Brulson. He plays Cap or uh, Baron Zemo in Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the MCU oh, exactly. in general. But what else was he in? Oh, he. Um, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Yes. Yeah, he was the uh, the sniper. Oh yeah. Not not the not not the Jew hunter, the older guy, but the guy that was that going down the movie with the about. blonde. The guy who was hidden on the blonde constantly, trying to go out with her. Okay. That, yeah, I see that. I writer. see that. Yeah, him. Locke's got him up there on his phone. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think him. So uh, here's another picture of him. This is him with his family. See, he see, looks more like yeah, him in that, this see, picture. That, that's a different look there. I mean, the mustache is completely different. Can we go back? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You don't know how? Uh, I mean, we don't have the technology <laughs> to go no, back to pictures. I mean, I, we literally don't. Like, if you, he already if pressed you, the arrow, Damon. You can't go back. If you the arrow has been side pressed. By side, that's two different fucking guys. I mean, just from the mustache. I mean, the ears are there. Huh. But it turns just, out we have we just got that technology. <laughs> Somebody asked how to push the button. We figure out how to push Somehow the button. Somehow we can switch pictures. Yeah, that's, see, that this... actually looks like two different fucking people, man. But, it really does. Because as it gets older. Well, so see, this be. is also something as someone that's listened to the show all the time. We've mentioned a lot of times how on these pictures, nine times out of ten, it's just like this. Where we'll see one picture and have right. an idea. Then it'll hit that fucking arrow key and it'll be like... Dude, what the fuck? That's a different dude. It happens all the time. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to question your picture finding skills, yeah. man. I, I don't mean, know. I think that's a different guy. Do you even Google, bro? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I seriously left out a couple pictures because there was a couple where I was like, ah, that looks sketchy and shit. So right. these were the t- these were the three I can most confirm because I took that into consideration. Okay. No, he were... does because he got those those high ass fucking cheekbones in both of them. Right. Very, so I uh... think and the, the ears alone. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know... So this is probably him really young. He's got so a pretty him when he was young and married that chick. He looks tall, right? Look at him. He's got big ass hands and shit. Right. He's got a very lurch look to him. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's got that very like tight face, high cheekbone. Not super like long face, but kind of like a rectangular face going. He looks he like got a that, dick. He got that strong ass jaw is what he's got though. He looks like a dick in everyone. Yeah, and this has got to yeah. be the younger picture here yeah. of him. It's sure. amazing what a big burly mustache will do. He should have he should have stuck with that, right? Yeah. Maybe the Methodist. Yeah, like because it. see this this looks like the guy that'll shoot you twice in the face with a double barrel shotgun. The other guy that looks like the deacon part. So you yeah. know, I, I could see I could see the transformation there. This is what he do. He, he had a fake mustache he would take on and off when he did his killing. <laughs> That's killing Jim. You know? It's killing yeah. Jim. Deacon Jim. No, I'm Deacon Jim. All right. So now we got to do the DEFCON scale. So the standard DEFCON scale is five to one, five being the lowest, one being the highest. But on the Bad Guy Podcast, no one's a good guy. So at five, you got Lee Murray, who's your drug dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And at one, you got the Purple Gang, who's got multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they kill people on the street. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Killer Miller? You want to go first? I'll let you go, because I'll probably ramble and tangent. <sighs> See, I'm a little torn. Cause I'm thinking Natalie Abrulia. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of four, honestly. Um, 
like four that low, low right? four is low like yeah one is Let, a co- okay 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 all right hear me so out hear already me out. Hear me you out. know you were being questioned yeah hear me out okay so now i'm thinking I'm of four <laughs> I'm, first I'm, you had my attention not now you have my attention okay so i'm thinking of four because just for the simple fact that he really didn't kill and let me finish before we get there he really didn't kill anybody just to kill anybody now the grandparents and thing you know, that's not a complete document that, yeah, that he actually did it. So, you know, you got to give him a little leeway on that. Yeah, that's a rumor. At, has at eight years fucking old, I still want to know what the fuck happened there. But then I'm kind of on a three because just double barrel shotgun to the face. You know, I mean, plus you still got the eight year old thing. Then you got, you know, his father died, you know, so that started out his rough life. You know, you. I, I'm pretty sure you said it was only a couple years after they left uh, Arkansas is when his father died. Yeah. So okay, he's three at the time. Obviously, he's not kill. He didn't kill his dad. Right. But maybe the grandparents. I don't know. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> you know what? If he did, you would think. <laughs> but, One would think. But honestly, I think he was really just living the Western life. He sat there and took opportunity wherever it was. To take care of his family, because you said he had four kids. Am yeah. I mistaken? Yeah. So he's got four kids and a wife. He'll end up becoming a deacon, even though he was out there, you know, shenanigans and bullshit, a little extra money to take care of the family. Because, you know, at that time, money was tight for everybody, unless you were a, con- you know, just big ranch guy with cattle or trains or sheep or whatever the fuck they were moving back then. Um, a little bit of all of it. Yeah, you know. That was a big street. You know, back then, unless you had, like, trains or sheep. <laughs> or like, whatever was it big, was. We got so, guns. We got grenades. We got sharp sticks. Like, we so just de-escalated what I think, quick. You know, he sat there, and he was doing his little side work as a sheriff or deputy sheriff, rather. To, you know, because I'm sure at that time, deputy sheriffs weren't making shit, you know. So he's got a little extra going on to sit there and take care of these four kids and the wife at home. But I think I'm gonna have to go with a three. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I right. don't know. Well, but that, 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 I just love how, how you were making the whole case for a four, for a four, and then you're like, so I'm gonna go. You're with arguing three. with yourself. Then that's why I said, you know, I'm a little torn between the four and the three. But you know, he was still a motherfucker out there just taking motherfuckers' but, heads and arms. And plus, he's got to be a three just because you know he was smart enough to sit there and come up with you know his own armor to take eight in the chest. And still walk around. So I'm going to go with a three with that. I agree with you. As as a listener of the show, you know I say this all the time. We got the shootout rule. We got the sort of like, me, I'm very forgiving with the people on here. Because I understand like you're in that world. That's the way you got to be. So I understand this guy. I agree with a lot of what you said. Because we make jokes about, I don't think he killed his grandparents. I think no. that was probably like after you hear the whole story and then you hear his grandparents died, they're just like, yeah, you probably killed them too. Like that's definitely, I don't think happened. And when you think about it, he started off just rustling in shit or no, he killed his, killed the brother-in-law. Well, his mom's brother-in-law to him. It was like an asshole uncle, but also like <laughs> he got a, he got away with it. You know what I mean? Like, and so if you don't get away with that, you keep doing it. And then his first deputy job, he got busted, like wrestling shit around. He got fired, then promoted. He didn't learn. He learned like, this is how I make a living. 
the second half of this guy's life got real. That's when he's like, yeah, it got what? real rough fucking, at that fucking point. Wrestling. I'm just going to straight shoot people in the face for money. But to that point, there's a line between an enforcer and the mob where you kill other mob members or situations like this where a crippled guy said, now I can't walk right. This guy shot me in the knee. I want you to kill him. And so he went out there and took off half the guy's face in front of his family. Like, that's not like killing another mob member that was in on the mob shit. That's a little different. That's why I was going between a three and a two. And for me, it really all goes to that mindset. I am forgiving for people that I'm very much a live by the sword, die by the sword guy. If you're in the mob, if you get killed by a mob member, I mean, that sucks when people die, whatever, but right. yeah, you're a mobster, you got killed in the fucking mob. That's kind of how the you mob know? goes. Right, that's, that's, that's the game you're playing, yeah, that's, that's how you're playing. Like, that's the way this show goes. I agree, he wasn't a guy that was just out in the street killing motherfuckers willy-nilly, but it wasn't just he was in the ranch wars and he took out people that were in the ranch wars. Like, he became a murder-for-hire guy that was just out here murdering, and... We joked about, but he took everything from that sheriff. I forget the sheriff's name. Like, he took the guy's name from us. He took everything from that dude to the point that that dude lost. It was like, the only recourse I have is to just murder him myself. Still couldn't even do that. <laughs> he tried twice. Still couldn't do it. Right away said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. This demon cannot be killed. I'm out of here. Then he comes back to shoot that motherfucker and kill him. Like, he had a fucked up mindset. I mean, that's why I, I go too. I call that only fair, though. Look, you got two chances to kill me. Yeah. I just outsmarted you. I so, you know, been now, that, now it's my turn. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but you took the guy's job from it, and all the guy did was say, wait, hey, wait, wait. you're a criminal. He didn't take his job. Well, I mean. He was given his job. The people he, love Dick and Jim. No, he didn't take a damn I mean, thing. When the guy has the election, I'd say fair and square. Hey, yeah. and, it, and that's the thing. It wasn't even election. They were like, wait a minute. You're firing Dick and Jim? Fraser was over there like voter fraud. Oh, <laughs> we're not trying to rehash him, but we all know the guy was like the one good guy in the whole story. And the whole town people were against him. He was the fucking asshole. Like, this guy is robbing you. Yeah, but we like him. Fuck. Still, that guy, like, ran away. All he did was come back to see some family members and play some guards. No, he gets shot in the face. But Shit. going back to that whole thing is that's the way that world was. And, I mean, when you're raised from that young age and you made your money being a ranch hand, just killing stuff, being an enforcer sort of guy, then your whole thing was you got rich for being a murder for hire guy. So I understand how – that's why I could – since you went with the three, I'll, I'll go with the three. I'll, I'll consent to a three. But I, I definitely think he's between a three and a two. And I definitely see your point on that, too, though, to be honest with you. So I had him at a two because I think, okay, so four. Okay, two. fuck it. I'm back to a two. <laughs> fuck you, Damien. <laughs> fuck you and your threes, dude. Oh, I didn't yeah. even have hey, to argue. Hey, it's hey, a fucking two, bro. I, I, I'll take that, but watch me argue him down, too. Dude, it's my See, no, that's the going you didn't argue me down. I was giving you the fucking three. Now I take it back. Where's my shotgun? Where's my shotgun? I'll just edit it and win. Like, yep, and everybody says that kind too. That's <laughs> that bullshit. You'll, you'll, you'll hear you like, I think, uh... Defcon two, like put you in a fucking star. You're gonna be in your truck listening to this. Be like that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm giving him one star review now. So here's what I think is, uh, you kill somebody, you move to a four automatically and shit. Sure. Gangsters, you know, you live that life and you're killing people and you move to a three. 
for me. Okay. You, you're living a gangster life and you're killing people. That makes you a three. To me, once you start killing for a living, you move to a two. You're, you're not a professional killer. Okay, I can see that now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That, that's how, I don't know. Everybody, like you said, now, see, and then, everybody's now, scale thing, is know, arbitrary, hey. but this is how I break it down. Now, like, and so. see, that's the thing you guys have to give me a little bit on, because mm-hmm. even though I do listen to the show, I think I'm only maybe four episodes behind. I've never done the show, and it is definitely yeah. a different aspect of actually sitting here doing it. Because yeah. I know I called him the one time and was like, how the hell did y'all rate this guy a four? He's definitely a one. It was the, the pirate. Well, so, yeah, he was you a know. two, and you said he should have been a one. And honestly, that's I, highly debated still. I've argued, really? yeah, I've argued Tank, that same shit. Tank He's is on him all the fucking time. On okay. That, shit. That's a, that see, is a running you know. thing. But, yeah, I, so that's kind of how I rate the scale. Is. Okay. Once you start killing, for me. See, mine and yours variable just that little bit, which is a three for me is you can be a killer for hire, but only uh, an enforcer. Like, you kill people in the game. You kill other mobsters. As soon as you kill people, whether it's for a living or not, that aren't in the game, that aren't the gang members, who aren't in the mob, who aren't, like, in the ranch war, as soon as you start killing people outside of that, that's when you jump to a two for me. Cause I'm, I'm, okay, I'm I can see that because of the one guy that had nothing to do with none of the shit that they were actually sitting there yeah. beefed out about. It was just, he shot me before I need you to go or smoke. Almost, it was a revenge thing. So, or okay. also a mindset, too. Like There's a separate scale, too, of your mindset of if you're killing because you're getting paid, that's business level. You're doing that. But when you kill out of revenge, out of passion, then that's that's a different thing, too, I think. When you kill, you kill a lawyer. That's a two. They're not gangsters. They're not combatants. Well, They're this guy is at what ten people, I think. A bunch. I don't know. A bunch. You're the fat guy. You're <laughs> supposed to know what the hell. Well, also, wow, Wes, <laughs> he was a hired hitman. Like, who knows how right. many people he well, was? Well, okay. The guy that tried to get away. According to him. to the justice system, he he, he never killed nobody. Shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what He's is a what? You know what I mean? He for sure is a deacon. Murders, not one. <laughs> Zero. Zero murders. Yeah, so. Deacon's a good man. But that's what I'm saying. He would not do that. He did <laughs> exactly. not steal our horses or our mules. He you just know tried what? to keep the peace between the sheep and the cattle people. See, you... I do miss my mule. I wish I had my mule. That's it. Damien sound like a real townsfolk right now. <laughs> But yeah, so I would have went with a two, but you guys both said three, so that would no, be... No, uh... no, 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 because I don't Hold like on. the fact that you guys are yoking me down. This dude's a two. He's a two. I was being nice. I was giving him a three, but now, no, I'm a two. Right, back two. We're going with two. Sometimes, some of these religious guys, sometimes that helps a lot. Like a lot of the Jewish gangsters, uh, Jewish gangsters are typically one generational gangsters. Mm. One generation will be a gangster, make a bunch of money, take care of his family, stop being gangsters and shit. Right. But, uh... They technically don't believe in hell, so it's kind of easy to be a badass gangster for one generation. If, yeah, maybe not going to heaven, but I don't. Yeah, I don't believe in hell. Right. I ain't worried about hell, but you so, know what, my family's whatever. been, you know, taken care of and everything. It is what it is. Everything's you know? set up. I don't believe in hell. Yeah. yeah. Turns out, if you fear eternal damnation, yeah. that might affect how you live. Well, look, a lot of the baddest gangsters are Jewish, don't believe in hell. Catholics believe in confession. Makes it a lot. If hey, look, if, if I swear with God, it makes it easy. And I go, hey, to, can I know? say a couple Hail Marys? Our fathers were good. Then, hey, you know what? I'm good. I'm, hey, I say my last rites on my deathbed. Hey, don't worry about it. I'm yeah. still get where I'm going. I'm there. Yeah. Catholics have said, I believe they call it the my bad rule. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. 
Give dear, me my last rice. Let Jesus. me say I'm sorry. <laughs> I ain't mean it. I'll open the door. No, I'm you're saying even... <laughs> that relationship with God makes for a good gangster. No, you don't even have to say I'm sorry. You just have to recite some prayers. But he might have felt like that. He might have thought like, ah, it's okay. I can kill these people. You know what I mean? I'm Deacon Jim. Yeah. God gets it. I'm doing God's work while yeah. doing other work. I'm you know, I'm multitasking fucking... down here. I got to take care of my family. He's an Old Testament guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I ruled a big stick. <laughs> Or he never really was religious. He just worked the church to be cool with all the people. Wait, people do that? <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Yo, how you think he got that diamond ring? He was taking yeah. the collection Peyton. I don't know about people, but Arkansas's <laughs> number one outlaw does. <laughs> so we're going to call that uh, Majority DEFCON 2. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. So uh, before we go, you guys got anything? I want to put out to the listeners, new poll, who's got the smoother voice, DC or Damien? Dun, dun, dun. I just want to say it's been an honor. It's been real fun. You know, uh, I will definitely come back anytime again. Just let me know, and I'm here, man. It's, it's been a time. blast. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Sure. I appreciate Word. you listening. having me, for it's real. Sure. Oh, yeah. Across sure. America. New blood, new voice. All right. Well, this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place. Last Smell place. that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I, I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. And, and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Ay, ay. So I don't money grabbed a hundred hams. Said I don't money grabbed a bunch of bands. And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay, and I still keep it on me, run into your big homie, first you meet your dead homie, ay, yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by, pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. Fast lane, let my money at a fast pace, look like I drag race. Control re up in my ashtray, I'm in my bag. Hey, good girl, bad face, no waste, and her ass fake. Hey, and she in love with the bad guy. But bad bitches never act right. Hey, she act up into that bag fly. I did a turn around at one night. Say hello to the bad guy. Guy come at last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come at last place. Smell the dope.